No Sleep Till Belmont is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Islanders host the Sabres this coming Saturday afternoon. Afternoon games, those are tough to get into with the kids. you got to check Game Time to see if there's anything good available right before the game starts. Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome back, everybody. This is Arthur Staple, your Islanders beat writer from The Athletic. You're listening to No Sleep Till Belmont, your athletic podcast about the New York Islanders. Here with us, as always, uh, legendary former New York Ooh. Islander. You like that? I, I like I, that. that I it's the holiday that, season. I feel like it's a, <laughs> you have to be giving. It's Mark oh, Parrish, thank, everybody. Thank Mark you, Parrish. How thank you doing? You. Good, my friend. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Um, well, we got another another lively show for you uh, this Tuesday. We're going to break down some of the recent games. They've had uh, a couple of losses, a couple of nice wins. Um, kind of starting to see some patterns emerging, uh, especially in net. So we'll break that down in our first segment. Then we'll go into something I think a lot of fans will like, talking about possible trades, seeing what Lou Lamarillo uh, might be seeing on the uh, around the league, and maybe the deficiencies he sees in his own roster as we get kind of into the the meat of the schedule a couple months from the trade deadline. Uh, and then we're going to close the show, and it seems like it's a weekly occurrence now, but um, unfortunately with the news earlier today of Jim Montgomery being summarily fired as coach of the Stars for unprofessional conduct, uh, Mark and I are going to, especially Mark, since he that's an organization he played in among many and, and talking to some yeah. of his old teammates and, and friends around the league about uh, a, a real reckoning that's been happening and, and where it kind of maybe goes from here. So lots of good stuff to come up. And we'll start uh, with the recent schedule. Islanders split their four games since we last joined you. They lost uh, kind of a eh, one in Montreal last week. Uh, had a very good OT win over Vegas at home. Uh, another mad performance in Dallas uh, earlier this week, and then, uh, or rather on Saturday. And then uh, last night, um, kind of a, a real bend but don't break performance. A 5-1 win in Tampa against a team that... Still looks really high powered, but seems a little bit lost in some of the some of the details that really got them to be, uh, you know, one of the all time great regular season teams last year. So, um, I think maybe the thing that we've learned, at least in the short term, this last week is uh, Semyon Varlamov. You know, uh, he came into that game when when Thomas Grice left the game against Columbus a couple weeks ago with dizziness and uh, didn't get to think, didn't get to eat his popcorn, and uh, <laughs> completed a shutout with about uh, 46 minutes of really good play. And he has uh, has taken it and run with it. I think he's given up uh, four goals in his three starts since then, all all wins. Um, you know, do you think, Mark, it's time to end the the, the rotation here and and see if uh, if Varlamov can can take it and run with it over the next few games? Uh, he's I've, he's showing that that's an opportunity that he has right now. Obviously, with Grice going down with an injury, he's going to naturally get a few more games and kind of get his legs going, get his legs underneath him, get his game perfected as as perfected as you can get it. That be, being said, um, but yeah, you've got to eventually, now I know that there's still a rotation, especially nowadays in the game. Uh, you hear people always talking about percentages now with goalies where it's a 60, 40 rotation or whatever it is. So there'll always be a rotation, but this with what Varlamov has done, 
this is his opportunity to be like, all right, I'm the number one guy. I deserve the 60, 65%, whatever they feel like going on down the road, maybe 70, or maybe just ride him until he's hot, like the good old days. But <laughs> right now he's set himself up as I'm stepped up. I'm the number one goalie. I'm healthy. I'm feeling good. So yes, right now I think is a great opportunity for him to do that. And it's going to be a good opportunity uh, for Barry and for Lou to see if he can handle that load. Yeah, and he's the guy that they've got signed for three more years beyond this one. Thomas Grice is the one who's uh, a UFA after this season. Um, you know, Grice, I don't think he's been bad in the in the two starts no. he's had that they've lost. I mean, I think the team was pretty bad for the bulk of that game in Montreal and the bulk of the game in Dallas. They just never yeah. never got to their game. Dallas, uh, you know, plays a real heavy style, um, like a lot of the Western Conference teams. Very, you know, uh, kind of a, a a little bit slightly better version of what the Islanders can do night in and night out and they really Mm -hmm. you know they really stuck it to the to the islanders uh in that game early you know with a couple of goals and uh and montreal really i think used a lot of their speed and you know i don't think grace was bad but but uh that's not really the deciding factor you know as barry likes to say you're in the results business especially this time of year where you would think a team that's sitting 20 with 20 wins and and seven losses and, and two two ot losses in their first 29 which is the you know the first 20 win season under 30 games in Islanders history in all of those great wow. years and your great wow. start in 0102. Wow. Um, no Islander team has ever won 20 before the 30th game except this one. And yet here they are sitting just a few points out of basically fifth in their division because <laughs> Philly doesn't lose. Pittsburgh is has been remarkable in how they've been able to stave off missing Crosby. Incredible. Carolina's still really good and Washington, you know, they finally lost last night, but uh but they've been putting pedal to the metal too, so it's it's been in a ridiculous division, and there's you know a lot of these teams haven't played a ton of divisional games, so that'll start to you know you can't not yeah. all five of them will run so hot, but um, there's just not a lot of cushion, so you got to win some games, and if if Varlamov is the guy, um, you know I, I think the other part of it too is that Thomas Grice is and has been in his half a decade with the Islanders the most easygoing goalie I've ever seen, and he will. He will acknowledge when he's not playing well, and he will acknowledge that if the other guy is playing better, and it it doesn't phase him at all, and and perhaps you know a little bit of a reset for him if if Varlamov can get two or three good starts in here in the next couple games, um, you know maybe Grice comes back a little fresher, and you know he didn't end up missing any time off of that little dizzy spell, but uh, yeah. but maybe it affected him, and maybe he needs a little bit of a reset. Yeah, you never know. There's there's a lot of things that can go into it. Obviously, anything with a head. You know, you feel dizzy, kind of scares everyone. You start going into that concussion and whatnot. But there's a lot of things that can go into it. Nutrition, sleep, hydration, a lot of things that can influence that. And I'm glad it wasn't anything long-term like a concussion because for a guy that went through seven or eight on his record, they're pretty scary after you start building them up. So I'm glad it wasn't anything too serious with Thomas. And yeah, uh, you need that. You need that goaltender. That was where Thomas Backstrom and Manny Fernandez were. Manny Fernandez was the was the starter at the beginning of the season. Backstrom, just the most laid back, cool Finn I've ever met in my life. <laughs> just go with the flow. Would go on early if any of us went on early to take shots. Would stay out after and be always be the last one off, making sure if any of us were working on anything else, he was always there, always had a game, always working on his game or helping us work on his game, maybe in his mind, but he was also working on his own. And we got to about this time of year <laughs> where it was about game 30 where Lamar and it just kind of slowly turned like hey you know we you know Baxi's kind of stepping up here and then Manny kind of got in his head a little bit 
And he had to find, then there, Lemaire had to find, you know, that balance between the two, but that you slowly kind of take over as a goalie. And now going back to what we were talking about with Grice is you need those guys. You, you need guys like that, that backup Colton. You have to have that mentality. And then it stayed with Backy right up through his start. That is exactly how he played for the rest of his career as the starter in Minnesota. And you never know where that's going to go with Thomas. That being said, in this in the Islanders situation, Varlamov is the one that signed for a few more years. So he obviously, you, you see the writing on the wall as a player. You understand that. And, and for him to be able to keep that focus, uh, to be able to be that consistent, to be that professional, it actually reminds me more of uh, Marc-Andre Fleury when Murray kind of took over his job yeah. for the Stanley Cup playoffs and how good of a teammate Marc-Andre Fleury was. And that's all you ever hear about is how great he was, how supportive, how much he helped Murray out and moving forward. And that's just class and that's just a good heart it's a good soul and a good human being yeah and I, and I imagine that uh you know even if Thomas Grice weren't that way just as a you know his natural personality you become an unrestricted free agent and everybody yeah. knows somebody you don't want to be the guy that's <laughs> that's pouting and throwing stuff oh, in the yeah. room because you're not getting your starts because you know he's 34 years old wherever he goes after this even if he manages to stick around for another year or two um He's going to be the backup to start. Yep. You know, he's not going to go in anywhere and, and be, you know, say, I'm the number one guy now. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you always want to be able to show that you can be a good teammate. Um, another uh, another uh, item of interest that I wrote about earlier this week, the, the OT win over Vegas. Uh, the Islanders haven't lost a game in regulation this year that they've been tied in the third period, which, um, Incredible. Is, you know, it's kind of a weird little stat. And, it's a and good sometimes. Stat, though. Sometimes you don't, you don't, you know, there's been, I, I look back about four years uh, going back to 16, 17, which Jack Capuano, um, you know, he and I have talked about it in, in, in that season and in seasons, seasons since, since he's still working in the league. Um, when he was fired, the Islanders were 17, 17 and eight of those 17 regulation losses. They were tied in the third period of 11 of them and they got zero points in those games. Oh. And you can imagine how different. His career would be how different that team would have been if they had pulled out five or six wins, overtime, shootout, whatever. Just twelve more points. All of a sudden, you're 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 in a playoff spot. You're cruising to your third straight playoff appearance. Things look very different. Um, you know, I I'm sure Islander fans feel like, well, hey, we got Barry Trotz out of the deal, so maybe don't go too far back. But I'm just <laughs> in the context of that season. Um, that was the, they were that much of a coin flip away basically and and never you know and it and it, it spiraled you know talking to a few of the guys who were on that team you know no, they don't really want to relive that season it feels like a long time ago now but it can build i imagine you know the mental you know you're you're tied late um you, you feel like we got to get a point we got to get a point but you're not doing the things to get there you're just hoping for it and that's that's another Barry Trotzism you 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 have to do, want to do it or go out and do it you don't just hope to do it because that's not going to lead to the detail work. And now, um, you know, last year they they were uh, in games. They were tied in the third period in half of their games last year. Forty-one games. They won twenty-three. They were twenty-three, eleven, and seven. I think was what my research dug up. And eleven is a lot of regulation losses for yeah. for being tied in the third. So to go from that to this year, where a lot of those wins are overtime and shootout, but they have that confidence in the overtime especially in the overtime. And, and I think anybody mm-hmm. who watched that Vegas overtime where I think Vegas had the puck for maybe 25 seconds uh, of the, of the three and a half minutes. <laughs> and Barzal, had, Barzal, <laughs> Barzal had it for about two and a half of those three and a half minutes for the Islanders. Mm-hmm. That the way that they play, 
They're not going to run anybody into the ground, really. And even last night in Tampa, the, the score says that they ran them into the ground, but the game was definitely not that way. So they know they, they know who they are. And I think that's the biggest accomplishment in my mind for what Trotz has done in such a short space of time is getting this team to believe that they're going to be in close games. They're not going to outskill anybody necessarily. They're always going to have to work. And that I think that work that goes all the way through a third period, whether they're down or up or tied, um, it's the, the consistency of it, I think, is the thing that stands out among a lot of other teams that try to play that way and try to do what they do but just can't for whatever reason. I think that's one of the things that they do so well is, is, is whether it's a first period, second period, overtime, they focus on the process. Uh, it, it looks as if they don't even care if it's overtime. The only reason they know it's overtime because it's three on three, but they, <laughs> they just focus on the process and they play the same game five on five, uh, same power play, same penalty kill. And if you can just keep that even keel and that's, uh, you hear a lot of teams talk about it uh, where, you, you know, don't get too high, don't get too low in the playoffs. Uh, but the great teams actually start that at game one. Right. They, you know, they, they just like, Hey, here's our game. We know we can, we're going to be able to beat any team if we play this game. If we all stick to the system, we play for each other that we know we can win. Yeah. It's not always going to happen. You're going to run into a hot goaltender. Maybe, you know, your goalie struggles for whatever reason. Maybe a red hot to Ovechkin. You, you, there, there are other things that will, will obviously affect that. But as long as you as a team just focus on that process, focus on your team, focus on making whatever little details better and focusing on those details. That's exactly how you need to be in the playoffs. So why wouldn't you start at game one? All right. Before we get into uh, some Islanders trade possibilities, let's talk DraftKings. Weekends are made for football. And with so many college and pro games on the slate, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can make your weekend even better. Actually, now that I think about it, with all the hoops and hockey action going on, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can get you in on the action 24-7, 365 days a year. With so much going on this week, they have great promotions running every day. From odds boosts to free bets, DraftKings has it all. DraftKings Sportsbook is so easy to use. You can deposit, place your bets, and withdraw in a matter of seconds. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook will give new users a free bet just for signing up. Download the DraftKings app now and use code QUICK. For a limited time, all new users can get a free bet on sign-up. Plus, when you make your first bet, you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. That's code QUICK to place your first bet, and you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, uh, just picking up where we left off, talking about the consistency of this Islanders team. And as you mentioned, Mark, some teams try to start that in the playoffs. This team seems to start it from day one. The difference being with this team, and I think we saw it in the second round last year, is do they have the next gear to get to with the roster that they have right now? Uh, they know that they're good enough to be a playoff team. You know, their playoff percentages kind of say they're they're about a, a little better than a four and five chance to make it even right now with with still 53 games to go. Uh, so you can't take anything for granted, but uh, this is the time of year with a couple months till the trade deadline. You, you know, you can. I don't think anybody that really considers themselves a contender can afford to start shopping on February twenty second, and you know, within the <laughs> seventy two hour window from the from the deadline, you start shopping now because this yep. team this team is good. It has flaws. There's some ga- there's some obvious holes that could be filled, and there are some. Some names that are being bandied about already that um, 
that would look pretty good uh, in orange and blue. Yeah, for sure. And, and you nailed it. This is the time of year. You always get the first. Uh, you'll hear a lot where, you know, the seasons broke up in segments and it always seems the first 20 is that's everybody's grace period. If you're struggling, you're kind of not getting your game together. Once it gets to game 20, then it's, uh, hey, are you going to do something for us this year or do we have to make a decision on you type of thing? Uh, now we're at game 30. This is when you really start seriously discussing the situation of your team where, where Lou and Barry and everyone gets together and really kind of starts to crunch like, Hey, has this player been, uh, uh, yeah, consistent enough? Uh, have we seen enough out of, and I'm just, uh, just throwing the names out there. Don't even, you know, like boy, Chuck, have we seen enough of Barzell? Have we seen enough press hard to where we have to, uh, make a decision or, are, or is this where we're going with it? And so with that 30 games now, now it's, it's it's crunch time. December flies. Once we get into December, the holiday season, just like everyone else's life, uh, a professional athlete, like it, it seems like it's all of a sudden end of January. And then you're looking at the All-Star break. And as you said, if you wait until then, you wait until that point, you're in trouble. This is something you really have to make decisions earlier, especially nowadays with, with the cap, uh, how you make trades that, that, that has all changed since the olden days where you could just kind of pull a rabbit out of the hat, which Lou was spectacular at it in Jersey. He was always one of those GMs where coming down the trade deadline, you're like, all right, what's he going to do now? <laughs> and, and it was almost shocking when he didn't do anything. But that being said, then the next thing you know, that's the team that makes a run. So right. it, it, that's, that's his intelligence. That's his hockey mind. Uh, at work. And the other one that comes to mind was Pierre Lacroix in Colorado. Mm-hmm. It was like, they just, they had an, an, a sixth sense. They were just so good at knowing what the team needed, could pull a rabbit out of a hat. I mean, come on, who can trade for Ray Bork for God's <laughs> sakes? Everybody saw that coming, you know, and, and those are, those are, those are those things that this is now, this is when those decisions start to start to, you know, start to be made. And you're starting to kind of look around the league. All right, you look at the L.A. and you look at wherever. You look at Jersey, I guess, go back to lose. You, you look at certain teams that are struggling a little bit out of the playoff picture, bubble playoff picture style teams. And those are the ones you kind of start to focus on. On All right, who can we, who can we nitpick from around the rest of the NHL? Exactly. Well, yeah, we'll, th- we'll throw a couple names out. Now, we, we always have to give the caveat, and I try to give this whenever I write anything, too, is that – Lou tells nobody anything, 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 nothing, whether, whether it's me, I don't want to put myself in the category of guys like Elliot Friedman or Darren Dreger or Bob McKenzie, but there's a reason the Islanders don't regularly show up in their, in their rumor lists. And we hear this about the Islanders or that, uh, cause this guy has a lot of practice at keeping things quiet and he, he, he will make sure that other people, whether it's a potential trading partner, agents, players involved, Nobody says anything, and it might scuttle the deal. So, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's been a funny experience for me as someone who's been doing this for a long time. When I talk to the people that I regularly talk to uh, before Lou and after Lou, it becomes more like, uh, yeah, sure, I'll give you this piece of information, you know, like whatever, off the record, blah, blah, blah. And even now, sometimes it's like, I'll tell you something, but if you say it was me, I'm going to totally deny it, which basically means if Lou comes and tries to find somebody... <laughs> So I've been dealing like my job. I exactly. want to keep it. <laughs> Everybody and and I laugh about it. I know it makes me frustrated sometimes, but Lou's been yeah. doing this a lot longer than me, so it's not like I'm going to win that battle. Um no. so so who were the guys that we're going to talk about here? Um 
you know, names that make sense, teams that, that seem to be on their way to being out of it or are already out of it, uh, and are fits. And really, I think the the two spots where you look at the Islanders, um, a top six winger, someone who's, who's maybe a little bit of higher end than they've got to play with Barzell, let's say. And we love Ross Johnston, but maybe not the top line left wing that, of Matthew Barzell's dreams uh, yeah, exactly. for these last couple of games. Um and then a, a a third line center probably, or a third line player, a versatile guy who can who can be you know what they envisioned Derek Broussard to be, even though it doesn't seem like he's he's obviously got some value, but not right there. Kind of yeah. what Valtteri Filppula was for them last year, uh, maybe a little bit of a, a jack of all trades guy who takes some draws, kills some penalties, chips in a little mm-hmm. bit offensively. Just a guy who's who's a, a real pro. And and to my mind, you know, they had an option between. And and they really didn't even talk to Brian Boyle very much. But Brian Boyle to me is the ideal kind of bottom six. He can play center, he can play wing, he kills penalties, he's a power play guy, he's a great Character, guy in the room. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh you know, and he's added a bit to that Florida team and I, and he certainly helped them and it certainly surprised me how long it took him to get a deal, a, a bit of a, a ways into the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not available. So we'll we'll <laughs> we'll throw some other names out there. Obviously the the top one is Taylor Hall and the yep. Devils Recently made a coaching change. They're really struggling. They've got a very mismatched lineup of a lot of good young talent that hasn't emerged yet and some older guys that are slowing down a bit. Um, and then they've got Taylor Hall, who's their star player, who hasn't signed a deal. And if anybody is familiar with uh, – I'm going to wait to the end of the season to, to, to talk about a contract. Uh, it's the Islanders So and Lou Lamarilla. So I think uh, the whole world seems to know that this Taylor Hall situation is going to be resolved Probably via trade, probably as a rental. I don't get the sense uh, from yeah. what you hear from the the, the guys up north, uh, the good reporters, that um, he's ready to sign anything wherever he goes. Could change, I guess, once the deal is made. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's he's a premier scoring winger and a super talent. You know, does he fit on a team that's that's got the lunch pail mentality and does what the Islanders do? Do you think? I thought I think so. Uh, as as yes, skilled former MVP. Uh, his compete level. Uh, I thought you were yeah, talking I mean, about yourself there for a oh, second. Oh, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, all, all those MVP <laughs> trophies hanging uh, up in my Sorry, bookcase go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Taylor, he, he could fit in. He's one of those players that could fit in just about anywhere. Uh, especially kind of being on the side, being more of a winger uh, with his speed, and he, he you. I think a lot of people, his, his, his grittiness doesn't quite get uh, as much credit as it should just because of his skill and the points and, uh, you know, what, what numbers he can put up, what he has done in the past. Uh, but I think he would fit in very well on the Islanders. Uh, going to the net, crashing the net hard, all of that is still physical. That's still getting to the grinding errors. That's still getting to the grittiness. And, and I think that uh, everyone in the league nowadays, it, last year, okay, it was, a uh, all right, maybe the Islanders were a flash in the pan. All right, we'll see how they start out this next year. We'll look at how they've started out now. So it's it's that's a team that players, you want to get traded to those situations. Even if you're Taylor Hall and, and it's just a rental, well, you, you, you got a good team. You got a really good chance at making a run in the play. Playoffs. You never know what they can happen. You never know what happens in the playoffs. Could make a run at a cup, especially if you add a guy like Taylor Hall. And I think, you, you know, going into the, he gets a chance to, a lot of people, the Barry Trots. We've talked about a lot on this podcast, but it, it also comes not just teams, but it, it, who's the coach? 
what kind of coach is he? Is, is he respect is respectable? Is is this somebody that that can lead us? That I can learn something from, and, and that that weighs in on on the decision for the players. Now, granted, uh, I'm not quite sure what Taylor's uh, contract says with the with the no trade clause, or if he has uh, any no trade clause, can name off teams or whatever. Uh, but yeah, he's somebody that I would definitely love to see in an Islander uniform. So he put him on Barzell's left side. Watch how fast those guys play hockey. Uh, our friends at Cap Friendly helpfully inform me as I click over that Taylor Hall has no trade protection of any kind. So there you go. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I think the the last time the Islanders made a huge splash in a trade was was Thomas Vanek when they got him. Yep. I guess it's now six years ago. Oh my God, and, it was that long ago. It was that long ago. Oh, we're getting old. <laughs> um, and the amazing, you know, I think the thing, and obviously we've been through a lot of different situations. The Islanders. You know they're going to make the playoffs again this year, most likely, which will be four out of the last six years, and that was kind of in the middle of their long playoff drought uh, after yeah. making it in the shortened season. Um, and Garth Snow wanted to go for it, and I think the thing that maybe he miscalculated there with Vanek is you have to get guys that are willing to <laughs> conform to what you do, as opposed to yep. being a guy who brings what he does to you. Yeah. And and Thomas Vanek w- was an all world skill guy then and oh yeah but maybe not the guy who's gonna drag everybody along and make them work as hard as they need to and that was the foundation for that islander team just wasn't there then yeah now as you pointed out whoever you bring in is coming to a barry trotz coach team and a lou lamarillo run team and a team that this is how we do it and i remember a story uh doug wait told back when he went to Carolina in the year that he won the cup in 2006 and, and he got there and um, you know, he's Doug Waite. He'd been around and accomplished a ton in the NHL and, and he came in and I'm sure he was thinking like, well, they probably want me to be this and do that. And you know, he's a, he's a real thinking man's player and was and a, yeah. and, and a guy who thought the game as well as he played it. Very and he cerebral. Came, and he came in and I think it was Rod Brindamore who said like, this is how we do things here. We just need you to go along. And we just need you here to, to, to be part of the crew. And I think that took a lot off of Doug's mind yeah. and showed him that this was a team that was serious about going on. And lo and behold, they were, they were cup champions. So I think, I think there's a lot more of that here now than there ever was um, in the last decade or so, even when the Islanders were good. I think there was still, still a little bit, um, you know, maybe the talent level was a little disparate between top and bottom and, and mm-hmm. just not as much cohesion from the top of the organization on down to the bottom as there is now. So I think you get that part out of the way. Now I'll, I'll be more, I'll, I'll be the, the cloud uh, to your sunshine about <laughs> Taylor Hall and say the chances of this deal happening are pretty slim. Even yeah. if the Islanders are really in on him, it's a, it's in the division. I, I think you can't discount. Maybe it's not a, a top level thing, but this is Lou's former organization. Yeah. Ray Shiro has got to be aware of that. If he has the option of, sending Taylor Hall to Colorado or Calgary or St. Louis or somewhere out West or Edmonton versus trading him in the division to an ostensible rival. Uh, one that's much further along than the devils are right now. I don't know yeah. how well that sits with your ownership when you've just fired your coach. So For I sure. think, I don't know if that's the main consideration. You, you always want to get the best deal, but, and then secondarily, can they get the best deal from the Islanders? That's, that's, you know, I, that's yep. a tough one. The Islanders yep. probably have a, a first round pick in the twenties to offer. Um, and beyond that, you know, I think the devils yeah. have a lot of needs. Defense is probably first and foremost. Do the Islanders have a young defenseman that they're willing to give up that can 
maybe not go right into the Devils lineup, but soon um, they're not trading them Adam Pellick. He's one of their, and he's not, they're not trading Ryan Pollock for a rental. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Mayfield, Devon Taves, uh, maybe, but they don't really have anybody to step in for either of those guys right now. Exactly. They're not trading Noah Dobson. So you go, then you drop down a level. Would they trade Bodie Wild and a first rounder for a rental? To me, that's too much. Bodie Wild, we don't yeah. know. He's 19 years old. We don't know what you've got in him. But compared to some of the other offers that they might get, Colorado's got some NHL ready defensemen. They've got, you know, they've got Kale McCarr, who's probably going to win the Calder Trophy, and they've got Sam Girard, who was a big piece of that Matt Duchesne trade, who's a really good little player, but maybe expendable to them because they've got they've got McCarr. I don't know if you can compete with that. So no. uh, reality says this one is has a very slim chance of happening, even if the the exciting part of it would be yeah. would be pretty high. Um, yeah, he he would fit in, but yeah, I agree that the, the price tag for him uh, it just it's too high for the Islanders. Yeah, so I think we you maybe look at what you'd call second tier guys. Not that these guys, some of these guys might cost you a first round pick, but maybe not a whole lot more. Uh, especially guys that are on expiring or close to expiring deals. So there's probably two different tiers. You, if you got, want your scoring wingers, let's say, you've got a group that maybe includes Tyler Toffoli, who's a, a pending UFA out in L.A., uh, who's mm-hmm. a guy who scored decent amount in the past and plays a, a heavy game, is used to playing the style the Islanders play. The Kings excelled at that style for a long, long time. Um, you've got Jason Zucker in mini. Um a guy who certainly seemed like he was gone last year, and now that they have a, a change, <laughs> three times, the, yeah, <laughs> a change to the front office. Maybe they've, maybe Billy Garen has a different view of him, and certainly they're playing well, so maybe they're not really willing to upset that apple cart as far as they're going right now, since they've been running pretty hot. Yep. Um, in the far fetched intra division category, you've got Chris Kreider, who I think a lot of teams would love to have. Another pending UFA who probably won't stay with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, he would look good with the Islanders. He is exactly the style of player that they oh. love to have: speed, size, little snarl, Great. good yeah. skill. <laughs> Barry Trotz would probably love to have him in the lineup. So absolutely, that, but that would be that would be a whopper if the Rangers and the Islanders oh, could Lord. come to come to agreement on that. I would so love that, to be out there when that happens. <laughs> so there's those guys, and then you're looking maybe at at some centers who fill that spot. You know, I think Jean Gabriel Pajot in Ottawa is maybe the guy who's the most unique of that like a tried and true number three center who also kills penalties but can put the puck in the net he's in the top 10 in the league in goals also on an expiring deal very affordable contract wise whether he's affordable trade wise is another story and um but he's a guy i think a lot of people really like and i think he's gonna if he gets dealt which certainly seems like he should because why would ottawa keep him on an expiring deal with where mm-hmm. they're they are in their rebuild um He'll have a lot of suitors, I would think, and I think he'll go for a, a bit more than people would think. If you're looking maybe for a, a, a more veteran known com- commodity, uh, a guy like Riley Nash in Columbus who's got another year mm-hmm. left on his deal, Columbus seems to be fading a little bit. That that Zach Wierenski injury, which happened against the yeah. Islanders, is really a killer for them. Yeah. Um, if they feel like they need to start to start to juggle their group of forwards, um, you know, I don't think he's had a, a particularly good run in Columbus, but he's a good player, uh, and he does. You know, I think the Islanders, if they're not looking to hit a home run with a with a big winger or a scoring guy like Hall to get someone to fill that that three C spot, they they don't need a flashy name. They need nope. a guy that who they know they can plug in, and I think Raleigh Nash is definitely that kind of guy. Um, and then you look at a team like the Red Wings, which uh, and I think there's 
you know, there's the vulture. The vultures have been circling there for a while. And Stevie Eiserman is no dummy. He's not going to just hand guys away. So, you know, guys like Dylan Larkin, I've been asked a lot about Andreas Athanasiu. Um, he's still a young guy and, and he's still got a lot to offer. I can't see them just sort of giving up on him. And, and the rest of their guys are just the Darren Helms and the Luke Glenn Dennings. Franz Nielsen, God love him. One of the best guys on earth, but still with a couple years left on his deal at, yeah. at five and a quarter. That's too um, much. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that kind of stuff yeah. happening. So, yep. um, but I think generally speaking, we can agree that uh, the Islanders, as good as they've been, um, can't can really continue to be a, a kind of a three line, ten forward team every night. They've they've tried plugging in different guys. Leo Komarov has been in and out. Michael Dalcall has been in and out. Ross Johnson, like we said, now playing with Barzell and getting a good run. But is he a guy who can be an every night, twelve minute a night guy? Mm-hmm. Um, not so sure about that. Tom Kunakal will be back from his conditioning stint. I, I I would imagine that sometime today or tomorrow we'll find out that they've called him back up. I imagine he'll go straight back into the lineup and see if he can. Can uh, you know fill a spot? Um, you know they've had Oliver Wallstrom there. He's you know he, he was good at the start, but uh, but kind of faded a bit. They need they need some consistency from that third line to be able to send guys out regularly because you know either they either end up shuffling around their top six and leaving a guy like Josh Bailey out of the rotation that they need to get minutes for, or they're just a little too disjointed. You know there there are times. There were times in that Dallas game they they had their fourth line out. Matt Martin comes out with that group, and then the next left wing on is Ross Johnston. I don't know if you can sustain hmm. enough with those two guys going back to back. As good as they looked in Tampa, and Ross Johnston scored a, a, a neat little goal there. And and yes. I always I always kid Big Ross about. I think he's got uh, he's got seventeen or eighteen po- career points. Maybe he's got more than that now. And 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 his points per sixty minutes. You know, one of those advanced metrics that people like to cite. Yeah. He's up there with uh, with some of the leaders in the league because he Get does put here. up he does put up points because he's never on the ice. That's awesome. That's but awesome. Uh, but is that sustainable? I guess is the question. Yeah. So you know, uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what Luke comes up with. We won't know until it happens. I'm just telling everybody right now. Don't expect any inside scoops. <laughs> he's not going to give I, you a hint. That's right. I'm I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying my best, but I'm not going to get it. I can tell you that now. Uh, uh, don't but, keep, but don't the, keep beating your head against the wall, buddy. Right. That's right. And I a couple of guys that I forgot to mention, too, that are, you know, um, if Buffalo starts to fall out of it, I think Connor Sheary is a guy who's got an expiring deal and he's a he's a yeah. little he's a little pain in the ass who can score as well. And, uh, and Tyler, through the ringers, gone to yeah. a playoff run. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got the experience. And Tyler Ennis in Ottawa is a guy who always seems to pop up. And and you know he scored a couple against the Islanders up there earlier this yep. year. He just he's a he's a 15 goal guy. He takes takes face offs. Does whatever's asked, um, you know. Those are the kind of guys I think. Uh, Taylor Hall, Pipe Dream, the rest of those yeah. guys, maybe even Peugeot and, and Toffoli and Kreider, probably a little too far fetched. Set your sights a little lower, and and maybe yeah. we'll see if Lou, who's made exactly one trade in a year and a half as the as the president and GM of this team, which was for Matt Martin, uh, we'll see if he pulls the trigger on something coming up yeah. soon. Yeah, and I, I agree. Uh, dang it, I said it again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, the, the situation the Islanders are in uh, with the cap nowadays, uh, you're looking for that second, maybe even third tier supporting cast. And and I say that with all the love in the world, because that's what I was looked at during trade led deadlines as a winger. Like, all right, 
we don't need a big guy. We can't afford a big guy. Maybe he can't fit us in, whatever it is. Or it, you know, and now where is that supporting cast? And, and the decision lose, you know, they've really got to crunch down and think about is where do we need that supporting cast? Do we need another winger? Do we need another sentiment? Do we, do we need another defenseman? Uh, is the old as old can be since, since they first dropped the puck in the NHL, the theory of building a team is you win up the middle, starting from the goaltender. So your goaltender, defense, centerman, and then us poor wings were cared about last. And, and so, you know, if you're looking at that, like, Hey, if the first off, all right, they're goaltending. That's, 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 that is what it is. They're solidified. There's their two goalies. God, I'm, you know, who knows? God forbid it, an injury or something may happen, whatever things will happen over the next, uh, you know, 60 games for, uh, for that and whatnot, or 50 some games, whatever it is. Um, now, uh, then you go to D our, is our D core secure? Because now uh, that's that's the next step. Can we find another D-man to make it secure? Because the old saying again, defense wins championships. And then again, then you move up, you move, move, look to centerman. And that's more important. It's it's more important to find that third line centerman, to find that depth as a centerman. Centerman can step back and play a wing, right? We've seen yeah. this many, many times over. So it's easy for a centerman to move to the side. Well, maybe not easy, but it's a lot easier for a centerman to move to the wing. But if you took a guy like me and put him at center, holy hell, I would have been out of the league in 10 minutes. <laughs> like, these wingers, just it's not as easy as a transition. You're used to that wall where sentiment it was used to kind of both sides, you know, used to working both what, uh, side walls, used, used to being down low in the D zone. So then going down low in the uh, O zone, which they do, uh, for the, which they do already. Uh, so that's just an easier transition. So if, in my mind, or what Lou's got to decide is, is can I make, do we have the strength at D? Uh, do we have the strength at sentiment? Which one can? Which one do we need most? And or can I pull off one of each? Which I wouldn't be surprised at all with Lou if he pulled off one of each. Well, uh, sadly, the honors uh, aren't looking for the next Dennis Grabeshkov. Just to take it back to. <laughs> We're going to have, when we get closer to the trade deadline, we're going to have a Mark Parrish trade tree episode, and you guys are going to love it. Oh, it's a big tree. <laughs> Before we get back into the show, have you had a long day at work, tough day at school, running around from rink to rink coaching your kids like me? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. If you're like me and you don't want to worry about dinner and your wife's away and you got to take care of the kids, let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BELMONT. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code BELMONT. Don't forget, that's promo code BELMONT for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. So changing gears a little bit, um, I think as everybody has already heard, since this will be out a few hours after the news, uh, the Stars out of the blue fired their coach, Jim Montgomery, who was in his second season uh, for unprofessional conduct. Uh, they didn't really specify what. That may have already come out by now, too, but uh, it's it's fairly immaterial to, to what we're going to talk about. Um and Mark was in the Dallas organization a long time ago. He's been in a couple different organizations, and he's played Just with a couple. Played with a lot of guys who uh, played a long time in the league, who are now in positions of authority around the league. Um, mm-hmm. 
when you, you know, we've talked about this here already when the when the Bill Peters, Mike Babcock stuff came out a couple of weeks ago, and now we've moved on to the NHL uh, laying down a, a kind of a four-point code of conduct and, and trying to, you know, address the situation, whether it's with coaches or players or front office people. And then this, which stars GM Jim Nill said had nothing to do with that code of conduct. It was it was something completely internal to their organization that needed immediate addressing and an immediate dismissal, uh, which is kind of got, you know, tongues wagging around the league behind the scenes. But <laughs> regardless, now we've had two coaches who were pretty well regarded guys uh, tossed out on their ears in the last couple of weeks. And when you talk to your, your friends and your former teammates, do you feel like there's going to be more? Do you feel like, you know, are people racking their brains to think of things that, that might've been borderline that they didn't think were borderline back then? Uh, uh, man. And I, uh, uh, quite a few guys, guys that I've played with in Dallas, guys that I played with in Tampa, guys that I played in Minnesota, Long Island. Uh, we, we've, our, all of our phones have been ringing off the hook from each other. And just have you seen anything like this? Was there anything over the line, that, you know, and, and there's so many guys that are, they're, they're almost, we're as shocked. We're, we're more shocked than anyone else with some of this stuff. Knowing, you know, I, I know Jim, uh, obviously I played for La Violette. I, you know, I, I, I didn't, I knew Bill Peters just for a moment to, you know, shook his hand and whatnot, but talking to guys around the league, whereas, Hey, did you see anything like this? And it's like, well, you know, coaches had come in and yeah, they're going to yell and they're intense and they're angry. And yeah, they might single a guy out, but they're, Almost every single one of the guys that I've talked to, like, no, there's not, not even been anything borderline uh, where, like, maybe you could have twisted it this way. But if you asked anyone in the room, no, that wasn't a big deal. So with all of this coming out, we, there's so many of us that are just kind of shocked. Uh, we, 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 we can't believe it's happening. Yeah, you, you've kind of heard rumors. And, and uh, tragically and unfortunately, I've ha- I have heard uh, during my career with the racism, uh, there's been some shots, shout outs about that. There's been, there's been some issues with that. Uh, but when it comes to just the, the total physical verbal abuse from a coach, that's different. You know, you, you guys on the ice, you hear some stuff like that, but not from a coach. And yeah, we're just, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I, I, it's, it's, uh, it's, it makes me very sad, uh, to hear all of this stuff. I'm, I'm glad that I wasn't part of it, that I didn't witness it. Uh, but it's kind of, in, in a way, it, it, it's kind of, uh, taken a piece away from, from what I've always felt is the greatest fraternity on earth. And I'm proud to be a part of it. I never thought that hockey players and hockey coaches or hockey people, would get into or would have issues like that. Now, obviously, that's very naive of me, but I'm not the only one. I, talking with all kinds of NHLers around here in Minnesota and around the league that are coaching right now, assistant coaches now, players that won cups in New Jersey, in Dallas, in LA, uh, you know, and you're lucky enough to be around for a dozen years, you, you get to know people and everybody's in the same boat. Like we, uh, we kind of feel like we've been, you know, like blindsided in a way because we didn't, we didn't see it or maybe we were just, you know, we, we just didn't want to see it. I don't know, but we, we've had this discussion right now and it's, it, it kind of, it scares us old retired guys, uh, because we feel like, again, like we just feel like kind of naive rookies, like, wait, this was happening right under our nose the whole time. And I'm glad it's being addressed. But in a, a big part of me is 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 sad and disappointed in my 
hockey fraternity. Disappointed in these guys. And I know guys make mistakes, but when it comes to this kind of stuff, I mean, when we don't, we don't know for, with what happened with Montgomery and to have it happen that quick with a team that's playing that well with that young of a coach. He's only been, this is his second year. Right. And all of a sudden this is coming out. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. That, that's kind of how we all feel. Like we're all just like, what the Sam hell is happening? Yeah, I mean, this situation we didn't we never want to speculate about what's going on. But if it's if it's an issue in the Stars front office or in their yeah. coach's room that has nothing to do with the players, that opens up a lot of different things. And I think yeah. you know, I think maybe we start to look at you know players. There, there's a lot more women in the locker room, reporters, team staffers, yeah. um, things that you that you maybe could have said not that long ago to people. At, just as a joke, are not taken as a joke anymore, nor should they be. Yeah. Um, it's uh, you know, it's it's difficult. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's not a normal work environment, and you know, I, I, it was uh, the most interesting part that I saw. Our our guy in Columbus, Aaron Portsline, wrote a story about John Tortorella, who's you know a very demonstrative coach and and For shows sure. shows his emotions, but. All the he quoted a ton of players. Talked to a lot of people who said, "Like, look, you know where you stand with Torts. He says it to your face. He's not behind your back. He's not trying to play mind games. He's just trying to get you to play better." And sometimes you have those fu shouting matches, and um, as long as it's all on the table, that's fine. And I think it was Brandon Dubinsky who who said, uh, "You know, this is not a this is not a nine to five wear a suit to the office kind of job. You know, that that where the so this changes. It's not you know like the madman era of." being sexist or racist or whatever, which was acceptable 50 years ago in corporate America and is totally unacceptable now. In sports, it's just a different environment. It's it's yeah. it's guys, whether it's 23 guys in a locker room or football, it's 50-some-odd guys who that's their space. Anyone who comes in uh, can be seen as invading that space. It's a, it's a yeah. lot of an us-against-them mentality, and um, it's, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, whether it's you know players, I think the the you know the the arrow is pointed directly at coaches, and and the buck stops with a lot of them. But when you're talking about pro athletes who are adults yeah. who are getting paid very, way better than their than the coaches, um, will the spotlight fall on their behavior next? Whether it's stuff that they how they interact with their teammates, or how they interact on the ice, or how they interact uh, you know outside of the rink with with people who work for the organization. Oh, for sure. You know, uh, it's funny uh, that. My rookie year, uh, I was my fourth or fifth game in the league, and we were in Buffalo. Um, and I kind of I brought this up with uh, uh, Andrew Brunette, actually. Uh, I can say his name in this because it's my fault. Uh, <laughs> in Buffalo, in the locker room, uh, the showers in the back, like they're right, right there, mm-hmm. right in the visiting room. So I, I didn't realize I'm still learning the ropes. Uh, I didn't know the reporters and everybody were going to be in our main locker room. So I jump in there, take a shower, and I grab a towel, and I'm wiping my head off. And I literally just walked out into the room naked. <laughs> and I put my head up, and there's, you know, there's a couple of reporters. And the reporters, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it was, it was, it was clearly like they realized it was an accident. <laughs> I hope they were laughing at the situation and not me. But that being said, uh, you know, you go through those situations, and, and – uh, you know, we look back and there there were some guys that would kind of think it would be funny to do that too, right? Not naming any names, you know, and that, yeah, we kind of laughed about it too. We thought it was funny. That's not right. No. That, that, that doesn't make it right. Now, granted, yeah, this is oh, a whole 20 some years ago, but th- those are the situations we start talking about now where, where it, yeah, it was kind of funny to us and we laughed about it, but that that's not funny. 
Right. Because of what you said, like we're in our locker room. We're to us, we're in our safe space. Yeah. So like, all right, well, they're invading this. So, hey, this is how we just get dressed. We need to put on a suit on eventually and it's hanging in the lockers and you guys are here. And, you know, it's, it wasn't like it was bad. We're not talking about, you know, flashing and making it a big deal. But guys are just like, hey, screw it. I got to put my suit on. And if you guys are going to be there standing there, I got to put my suit on and catch a flight in 15 minutes type of yeah. thing. Not right at all. <laughs> and I think teams have de- definitely over the years taken a lot of steps to make sure that that doesn't happen where the change rooms are different than the yep. than the than the main locker rooms and and there's, you know, it, nobody standing in front of the showers doing a TV interview, so Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's it's stuff that uh, that a lot more people I think are going to have to think about than they would have normally and there's going to be some some kicking and screaming about it because it doesn't see like you said it doesn't seem in the moment like anything but a you know, but a funny thing to laugh yeah. off, embarrassing for you, whatever. But you know, it exactly. can be perceived very differently, but from another person's perspective. So I think um, I don't think we've seen the end of this, and uh, no. you know, I'm curious to see where it goes next. And who knows? My next week, we might be sitting back down here again, talking <laughs> about somebody, something oh. else that's happened, some other new wrinkle. But uh, hopefully, I hope hopefully, not. But man, you're right; it's not yeah, over. I hope. Uh, I hope the people that are that are in the positions of authority uh, are starting to learn what's acceptable and what's not. And and like I said, when you get to the pro level, we can have another conversation about this another time. And when it, you know, pro players who are in a different situation than than kids in amateur hockey or college or uh, or juniors. Um, uh, it's just a fascinating topic for me that uh, that we talk about abuse or what Babcock did to Mitch Marner that, you know, like Mitch yeah. Marner, it's, he's a great player, but he, he always, you got a choice. You could go, you know, you could go, you know, dig ditches for a living and <laughs> go bartend yeah. or something like that. There's no, <laughs> nobody says you got to be an NHL player. So uh, yeah, for that's sure. for another time. But uh, anyway, uh, we, I think we covered a lot of good ground here. Some serious yeah, topics, some not so serious yeah. trades. Everyone's going to love this episode. Absolutely. Uh, Cover the board. That's right. Uh, my thanks to Mark, as always. Uh, my thanks to all you listening out there. This is No Sleep Till Belmont, the Islanders podcast from The Athletic. We'll catch you again next time.